Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So we're following a developing story in Brownsburg. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. According to Indiana State Police uh, from WIBC's news news gathering partners at Wish TV, I-74 is closed right now at State Road 267. There was a police chase that ended right in that area. The driver at this moment is refusing to exit the vehicle. You are going to be diverted off in either direction. You are not going to be able to get near 267, that that Brownsburg exit there. We're going to be following the story. We're uh, grabbing the, uh, the WIBC newsroom to get us the latest on what's going on right here when we have more of it. Uh, this hour, I will I will bring it uh, to you. Just if you're driving along and you're like, hey, why in the world are we uh, stopped? Why is there massive traffic from the east or from the west? Depending on, on which way you're going, you're going to get it both directions. You are being diverted off, so you are not uh, anywhere within a potential line of fire. That seems pretty obvious. I'll have more on this story as it develops and as we get information from the WIBC newsroom. We will share it with you. Now, I did want to get to a story of DEI, a Florida teacher and a Disney president. Oh, it's a threefer. It's a threefer. But I figured I'd start with a little bit of Kate Bedingfield because it's also a Florida story. It's a Florida story that you have the White House Communications Director, Kate Benningfield, saying this when asked about Ron DeSantis and the legislation that was just signed into law there that says we're not going to sexualize second graders. We're not going to teach gender to kindergarten through third graders. Here's the question. Check out the answer from the White House comms director. After Florida Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday signed the state's parental rights and education legislation, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona said the administration would be monitoring monitoring its implementation to evaluate whether it violates federal civil rights law. Aside from monitoring the Florida law, is there any other actions that the White House plans to take? Uh, Well, both the president and uh, Secretary Cardona spoke out very forcefully uh, against the law. The president also uh, put out a statement uh, yesterday uh, about the uh, tragic impact of this kind of law on incredibly vulnerable uh, uh, population. And he said that, you know, by signing this bill, the governor has chosen to target some of Florida's most vulnerable students and families, all while under the guise of parents' rights. So the Department of Education, as you noted, uh, will continue, will monitor uh, this law upon implementation uh, to evaluate whether it violates federal civil rights law. And obviously we will uh, come back to you as we have more information on that. Thank you all very much. Appreciate it. It does not violate any civil rights laws, as we have seen thus far. But the guise of parental rights, that's precious. Understand that the White House does not believe in your parental rights. Your parental rights can't exist if we're not allowed to sexualize second graders. If we're not allowed to teach them to be gender affirming and having a chance to talk about it in schools, well then, my gosh, what are we supposed to do? Teach them math? 
there's actually a teacher in Florida who's very upset about this. Very upset about the legislation that has been pushed forward. Very upset with this parental rights and education law, which, of course, liars refer to as the don't say gay bill. Liars like those people who host the Oscars. Liars like that two-bit punk Ron Perlman, the actor. Oh, a punk! Punk! Low life. Referring to uh, uh, Ron DeSantis as a Nazi pig. You should see the video he made. He, it's like he's reading off of a script and pretending to be tough guy, and his face is all contorted. It's, it's messed up. It's messed up. But there's nothing wrong with a bill that codifies that parents have rights, except to Kate Bedingfield, the White House communications director, who believes this is a serious, serious issue. A teacher believes it's a very serious issue. Corey Bernard. B-E-R-N-A-E-R-T. Bernard? Bernard? He's a kindergarten teacher at the Barbara Harvey Elementary School in Parrish, Florida. And he believes that this new law is going to put a wall between him and his young students. I give you the quote. As educators, we build relationships with our kids. And in order to build relationships, you talk about your home life. You talk about what you do on the weekends. It scares me that I'm not going to be able to have these conversations with my children. I don't want to have that. I don't want to have to hide that my partner and I went paddleboarding this weekend. First, Corey, they're not your kids. Could you please show some respect? They are not your kids. And you didn't even call them your kids. You said, my children. They're not your children. Don't you know that? Aren't you aware of that? Why are you not aware of the fact that they're not your children? And when you refer to them as my children, you sound creepy AF. You sound windowless van creepy. And as a parent, I am quite concerned. But here's what the conversation that you want to have with my children. I don't want to have to hide that my partner and I went paddleboarding this weekend. Why not? Why should they know about your partner and your paddleboarding? It's important that they know that you're gay? No. I think it's important that they know that you're nice and that you teach them math and reading. And that at snack time, you've got the best snacks. Maybe the kids call you Mr. B, because even I have a little trouble with your last name. Isn't that what's important? That they learn, that they get educated, not that you get to talk about your home life or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife or your significant other or or your dominatrix for all I know. What? People are into what they're into. I don't judge. Just don't bring it to the classroom. Don't bring it to work. Keep it for only fans. Just Just teach. Why is the teaching involve you being able to express yourself at all moments? You take a look at jobs everywhere, all across the country. They involve people not being able to express themselves at all moments. 
Sometimes they're not allowed to express themselves because they'll get fired. Sometimes they'll not be allowed to express themselves because they're on a factory floor. All sorts of reasons that we don't tell stories. Maybe the story is inappropriate and somebody will be offended by it and then complain to a manager. You know, that's going right to HR. Oh, there's going to be a write-up and there's going to be points off. Too many points and you have to go to a re-education class. We don't want to have to let you go. You know, you're only X number of years away from your pension. Oh, I'm sorry. Have I just described most corporate environments? But here's Corey, kindergarten teacher, who loves the fact that he has a captive audience that he can mold. You talking about paddleboarding doesn't matter. Guys, I do the show every day. I right now do six hours of radio a day, never mind all the other things that I do. I talk about things, I talk about ideas, I talk about theories, I talk about philosophies. Every now and again, I'll bring up a story from my family life. I am willing to bet you I talk less about my personal life than any radio host in the country. Part of the reason is that I'm I'm outrageously private. Part of the other reason is that I don't believe a story or a theory, a philosophy, has more value because I make it personal. It's like when people say to me, so I am, um, you guys know I'm, I'm a cigar smoker, right? And I, I have Eat, Drink, Smoke, the Cigar and Bourbon show, and it's spreading like wildfire. We're doing more videos for this. It, it, it's super cool. Well, I do a, a cigar review over at Red State, redstate.com. I do, I do a series there called DC Outsider. You can use promo code CATS, K-A-T-Z, and you can get a discount for the VIP uh, section, which is great. And then I do a, a cigar review, the Red State Cigar Review. The first couple we posted, you know what people said to me? Remember Rush, meaning the late Rush Limbaugh. Now, I have never responded to them uh, in, in, in the comments, but uh, I, I should. I should do a video about this. Rush Limbaugh smoked cigars. He was also a cigarette smoker for years. You can look at a tremendous number of data points and you do not connect cigar smoking in a one-a-day situation to lung cancer. They don't connect. The data is not there. Now, you can connect smoking in general to health issues and you can connect chewing on cigars to gum disease or gum cancers, throat cancers, things like that. But smoking is a non-inhaled product. You don't inhale a cigar. You toast the palate with a cigar. And when I'm done with this show, I'll be smoking a cigar. I mean, we've got the crazy weather coming, right? 70 degrees. You got the winds. Who knows where those winds are going to go, man? That's going to be a thing. We're going to keep an eye on that. But that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to enjoy the outdoors. When people say, remember Rush, whoa, 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 whoa. Keep that stuff to yourself. Keep that stuff to yourself. What are you doing lecturing to me? I used to work with a young woman. She lovely. Lovely. If I saw her today, I'd say, what's going on? It's wrong that I smoke because her father something lung cancer. I think she meant to be sweet. But that's not a reason for me to stop doing what I'm doing. And if you want to now give me a hard time about it, I'd rather you went to hell. 
I'm a grown man who does what I do. Leave me alone. But I never share those stories with you. I don't share, well, you shouldn't do this because here's what happened to my cousin. Every now and again, if I have a story that connects to something we're talking about, I do share it here as adults talking to other adults. This teacher thinks he should be able to share his paddleboarding stories with kindergartners. What other stories does he think it's okay to share? Just, hey, this is what I did this weekend, and it was a lot of fun and got some good exercise. Or does he share anything of, and here's why you shouldn't let your parents do this. And here's why if your father smokes cigars, you should tell him he's doing bad. Does he think that that's okay to talk about too? Because wait until that teacher hears what I think about him and his paddleboarder friends. Go live your life. Be happy. Do. Don't worry about me. But when you feel the need to share it in school and you think that a piece of legislation that says we don't uh, engage a conversation about gender in kindergarten through third grade means you can't talk to students, you're talking about way more than you should. You are stepping into a lane you shouldn't be in, and therefore, thank goodness the law makes you step out. Because, man, you're all sorts of bad people for our kids. Now, I wonder if Kate Bedingfield, the White House Communications Director, has any problem with this. Is there anything that can't be talked about with the kids? Is there anything that a straight teacher or a gay teacher can't talk about with the kids? Anything personal that can't be shared? Or do we want a situation where teachers enjoying their captive audience that they can absolutely corrupt, work aggressively to share all the parts of their weekend? That's what it sounds like. And that's why I'm so thrilled that Governor DeSantis signed this. It is insane that we have to discuss out loud the importance of the rights of parents. It should not have to be even thought about. It should be the given. But these people don't think the parents have rights. They think it's their right to tell their kids all about their super fun weekend. So we need legislation. Can't believe I'm a guy who supports more laws. Look what they've done to me. I'm Tony Katz. The Bo Biden Foundation. I... I didn't know there was even a Bo Biden Foundation, but I guess uh, foundations are, are are a good grift, right? That's that's what it is, right? The Clinton Global Initiative, a good grift. Why would you ever give money to the Clinton Global Initiative when you could just give it directly to the uh, the foundation to the charity? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. What's going on? 833-468-8669. There'd be no reason. Unless, of course, you want to get in the good graces of the Clintons and they're going to take their management fee and there you go. Well, it turns out 
there is a Bo Biden Foundation for the Protection of Children. And according to the reporting from the New York Post, they took in $3.9 million in 2020. It's a Delaware-based charity started in honor of President Biden's late son, Bo Biden. It got $1.8 million from the Biden Foundation. That group uh, has shut down in 2020 as well. The Biden Foundation was started by Joe and Jill to champion, quote, progress and prosperity for American families. The Bo Biden charity took in 225000 from entities tied to a political donor and a bundler to President Biden. But with having all this money, the organization put $544,961 in 2020 toward its stated purpose of protecting children from abuse. This according to the tax filings. They spent nearly a million dollars in that year, a large part of it going to the six-figure salaries of uh, people connected to the Bidens who held jobs at the nonprofit. Patricia Daly-Lewis, Deputy Delaware, Delaware Deputy Attorney General under the former AG, who is Bo Biden, runs the nonprofit, paid $150,000 in 2020, including a $3,500 bonus. Producer R.A. now would like to know if he can get that gig. I mean, sounds pretty good to me. Right? It's a $3,500 bonus. That's the kicker, man. Oh, I, I, I heard it, yeah. Well, extra sweet cash on the side, you know. That's, uh, that's walking around money. That's what 3500 is. That's It's just walking around money. Joshua Alcorn, who's a Democratic operative, served as the chief operating officer, consultant to Joe Biden's political campaigns, was paid $131,437. And right now, Bo Biden's widow, Haley, is the only family member still on the board of the foundation. Tell me more about Trump kid corruption. And I'll tell you, if there was Trump kid corruption, go about handling your business. But don't ignore this. Don't ignore this. Two million, three million dollars, you give away half a million and you spend a million dollars on the salaries for friends. It's a payoff. It was all a payoff. Don't tell me that the Obama administration was was uh, uh, scandal-free. And don't tell me Joe Biden's on the up and up. Damn straight we should know everything that's on the Hunter Biden laptop. Meanwhile, DEI and Disney. I promised you the one-two punch. Oh, no, we'll get to the Will Smith slap in a second. There's a new take. Wait for this. I'm Tony Katz. So Joe Biden, scheduled to speak on the administration's COVID-19 pandemic response. Should I share with you that Fauci is still out there saying things like reimpose mandates if necessary? We need to be prepared for the possibility that we would have another variant that would come along. And if things change... And we do get a variant that does give us an uptick in cases and hospitalization. We should be prepared and flexible enough to pivot 
towards going back at least temporarily to a more rigid type of a restriction, such as requiring masks indoor. But that never worked. Masks indoors didn't work. Masks in general don't work. They stop something, they don't stop COVID. Lockdowns didn't work. Shutdowns didn't work. It destroyed people. It ruined people. It hurt kids. It hurt education. And yet here he is. Bad guy. Untrustworthy guy. That's that's the worst part. Because what do you trust? Who do you trust? Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz, today, uh, let me say uh, the days of trusting Disney over. Now, I know what you're saying. I was never trusting Disney. I will tell you I never did. Um. When when my kids were younger and we had cable back in those days, because it just happened to come with where we lived, um, we never got Disney Channel. We never actually put Disney Channel on because Disney Channel was always awful. Disney Channel liked to position things like the kids were geniuses, the parents were stupid, and deserved to be mocked. It was disrespectful garbage. I wasn't about to have that, uh, you know, talk to my kids. I, I think some people were with me. I think some people just left the TV on, and that was that. Disney has taken a whole new take on the wokeity woke, 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 though. A whole new take on hurting kids. Now, I start with this story from Fox News about DEI staff at public universities. I have said before, That DEI, first of all, is not something I believe in at all or in any way. The idea that I would find value in diversity, equity, and inclusion when they aren't interested in any of those things, they're interested in the indoctrination of children and adults, and you must go along with what we tell you because only we know what's good. And if you should disagree, well, that's just proof that you're a racist and a bigot. If you tell me there are systems in America that are racist, I will say to you what system. If you say to me, well, housing, I'll say to you that redlining was indeed bigoted, but it affected other people aside from black people. So therefore, don't tell me that only one group of people is affected. Koreans were redlined. Jews were redlined. That meant you couldn't get a mortgage in certain neighborhoods. Did that absolutely positively affect the amount of wealth people could create over generations? You bet. Not even a question. But it happened to a lot of different groups. But go on. Let's get into all of the things that were racist. Are they now? Are they still happening now? Is the argument that as a nation we didn't get better fast enough? Okay. All right. I I, 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 I wish... Um, that uh, the Irish had never had to go through what they went through, nor Italians, nor Jews, nor black people. I do. I would much rather that be our story, but that's not our story. But our story is also one of a nation that got better day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out. Good things. Very, very good things. That came from this nation working towards it. I would rather it came quicker, but it didn't. That's the reality. And even today, in a nation that is not anti-Semitic, I'll find people who hate me because I'm Jewish. And even today, in a nation that is not racist, you will find those who hate others because they're black. 
and they'll hate women and they'll hate gay people and they'll hate Christians and they'll hate Muslims. You will find these people. It's part of living in a free society. All we have to do is remember that those are not the people we want to put in charge of anything. Those are not the people we want to listen to. Those are the people we want to say to others, yeah, don't be like that. Which is why I oppose DEI. Because DEI codifies bigotry in students. I want no part of it. In culture, I want no part of it. I want to fight it. Top diversity, equity, and inclusion employees at major public universities earn massive six-figure salaries. Data shows that the universities of Michigan, Maryland, Virginia, and Illinois, plus Virginia Tech, show that the diversity employees earn salaries ranging from $329,000 to $430,000 a year. It's a grift. It's a jobs program. It's a way, just like of donating to Black Lives Matter, of buying your freedom. Oh, this must be a good organization or a good university. They have a DEI officer at $400,000 a year. That, by the way, you at a you go to that university. This is why you're paying thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand a year, so you can have a DEI officer making four hundred thousand a year, explaining to you day in and day out why why you're a bigot. You're paying for the person to call you a bigot. That's messed up. Listen, I like a good fetish, but that one's weird. It is a grift. And amongst certain people, it has become a religion. A very shameful, very horrific religion. This brings us to Carrie Burke. Carrie Burke is the president of Disney. I did not know her name. No idea who uh, she was. She was a producer and an executive and is now the president of Disney. Disney corporate president. This is the Disney corporate president speaking just the other day uh, in a thing called Reimagine Tomorrow, the Walt Disney Company. There it is. And go. I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually, um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations and Um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, Um, to all of us. We we had had an open forum last week at 20th where, um, again, the home of of really incredible, groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I and I and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And 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 yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters. Um, 
and and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, let me tell you, if you had characters with all different kinds of backgrounds, no one would care. But it sounds like, Carrie Burke, you're working yourself down a road that we're going to show how diverse we are. And we're going to invent stories or rewrite stories to fit this new narrative because you have two gay children, a transgender child, and a pansexual child. I don't know what to to even begin to say to that. Just wow. I don't I don't know how many kids you have. But that's it's interesting how you have uh categorized them. Um that's been very eye-opening for me. Um and and I I can tell you um it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened. Um I, as a leader, and me as my colleagues, would not have focused on. And and going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so. I know that we will be, and um, and I hope this is a moment where, shoot, um, the fifty percent of the tears, <laughs> sorry, are coming. Um, uh, we don't. We just don't allow each other to go backwards. Go backwards? How? You want a minimum of 50% of the characters to be LGBTQIA and racial minorities. Okay. But it seems to me what you want to do is lecture to me about how I have to accept you allowing children to determine their gender. And I want you to know that I don't. As a matter of fact, I think that if you're allowing a child to determine their gender, that's, that's pretty awful. Because kids can't do that. They don't have any capacity to do that. They need to be protected from themselves. And here is Disney, the president of Disney, not only stating that um, this is what's going on in her family, but now she wants this for the company. So are we now going to get movies where you're telling kids it's okay to determine their gender? Because it's not. And what you're telling me is, yeah, Disney films are out. And Disney World is out. And the Disney experience is out. Because thinking that kids can determine their gender is not family friendly. It's family abusive. It's family abusive. And your children don't prove you right. Facts still remain. And the abuse is still there. Meanwhile, President Biden is talking about COVID response. Oh, what I, I don't I don't I don't know what he's going to say. Congress, we need to secure additional supply now. Now. We can't wait until we find ourselves in the midst of another surge to act. It'll be too late. And we also need this this funding to continue our efforts to vaccinate the world with commitments we made. It's critical to our ability to protect against new variants. There's no wall you can build high enough to keep out a virus. Congress needs to act now, please. Let me close with this. I've worked so hard to get our lives, we've worked so hard to, we, all of us, have worked so hard to get our lives back. We're summoning every ounce of American resilience, pulled every lever of our government, called upon the goodness, decency, and patriotism of American people. 
Together, we turned an unthinkable pain into an extraordinary progress and purpose. Americans are back to living their lives again. We can't surrender that now. Congress, please, act. You have to act immediately. The consequences of an action are severe. They'll only grow with time. But it doesn't have to be that way. We've proven what we can do when we... I appreciate you recognizing the important work of Operation Warp Speed and the creation of the vaccine so quickly. I think that's great of you, President Biden. Congratulations for realizing what we have done together. Good for you. By the way, they've now set the approval uh, for the second booster shot for people over the age of 50. Oh, and look at Joe. He's pulling off the jacket. He's there Mr. at the President, fake White House. the danger of Putin being left in the dark by his military advisors? He's sitting himself down. And he's going to get himself a shot right here. Yeah, I don't need to hear that. Get get your second booster. Knock yourself out, sir. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. You know, some things, all you got to do is just wait. All you got to do is wait, and you will absolutely positively find uh, the thing. Like Forbes magazine letting you know that, uh, yes, Will Smith, his behavior, you know, if you're going to be talking about it, that's fine. But don't forget to also talk about the system that helped create it from an author who covers diversity, equity, and inclusion who wants you to know that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock because of white supremacy. You knew it was going to come, right? Just like somebody was going to make the claim that this was just a proof of the press finally covering black-on-black crime. Yeah, Am I supposed to hit the low-hanging fruit? Is that what I'm supposed to do? I'm trying to aim for something else, people. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock because of white supremacy. You gotta, You got to hate yourself and everybody else around you to do that. And when it's written by Maya Nigel Hoskin, and it says it's under the heading of diversity, equity, and inclusion, once again, don't count me in for diversity, equity, and inclusion. That bigotry I ain't interested in. But I found something else even more interesting. As I think about this thing more and more, and I read the apology from Will Smith, and then Chris Rock even engaged in apology, and everyone's got an opinion. I don't think Chris Rock had to apologize for anything, to be honest. I didn't think it was necessary. I saw this from Jada Pinkett Smith, the wife of Will Smith. Will Smith, seeing that she was upset by a joke that Chris Rock told, and so he decided to get up on stage and slap Chris Rock and then curse and all those things. It wasn't stage, people. Uh, I believe Will Smith damaged himself. And yes, there will be an interview with Oprah sooner rather than later to so he can cry and talk about how he's a he's a work in progress. He's a work in progress that didn't go to jail. But Jada Pinkett Smith put something out on Instagram and and it's now known that uh, there's going to be a whole uh, show they're going to do on her uh, f- uh, Facebook series, a red table, whatever it is. There's going to be a whole series that's going to be done on on this subject. So isn't that great? 
But what Jada Pinkett Smith put out on Instagram reads, and it reads just like this. This is a season for healing, and I'm here for it. What the... What the hell is that? What does that mean? This is a season for healing, and I'm here for it. You got offended by a joke where just two weeks prior you were saying, yeah, I have alopecia, I've lost my hair, I, don't, I couldn't care less, I don't give a damn what people say about it. But somehow Chris Rock says it and you're upset? Your husband was laughing and then saw you and decided, my gosh, I have to do something. Exactly what kind of look were you giving him? Now, he still should have controlled himself and handled his business. Like a man should. Sometimes there are going to be moments But more often than not, just like this moment, he could have not involved himself. The more I look into Jada Pinkett Smith, the less I like what I see. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.